Topic 6.4 Global Economic Development Peruvian guano has become so desirable an article to the agricultural interest of the United States that it is the duty of the government to employ all the means properly in its power for the purpose of causing that article to be imported into the country at a reasonable price. United States President Millard Fillmore, December 2nd, 1850 the essential question for today, how did environmental factors contribute to the global economy between 1750 and 1900? Economics was among the most influential of the several motives driving imperialism. Britain industrializing rapidly during the 17 and 1800s. In order to feed industry's desires for raw materials such as cotton, copper and rubber, Europe looked to Asia and Africa. American agriculture, as noted by President Fillmore, looked to South America for fertilizer. The people of these continents were so potential consumers of European and American manufactured goods. Finally, colonial people provided the labor for large-scale products such as building railroads and telegraph lines. Colonial workers were paid meager wages for difficult and dangerous labor. In short, natural resources, new markets, and low-wage labor drove imperialistic economies. Technological Developments The Industrial Revolution did not just take place in factories, it affected transportation and communication as well. Railroads Before the introduction of the railroads, transportation from the interiors of colonies to coastal ports was by water or by roads. Most colonies had few roads, and those that existed were usually poorly maintained and often unsuitable for during raining seasons. Transportation by water was limited to coastal areas and river basins. The introduction of railroads lowered the cost of transporting raw materials for shipment to Europe. At the same time, railroads helped to open up colonial markets for manufactured goods. Europeans often pointed to their railroad project as evidence that imperialism helped the peoples of Asia and Africa. However, providing new transportation technologies to the colonies primarily served the interests of the colonizers. In India, the British built a complex railway network that stretched from the interior to the coasts in order to ship raw materials out of the country easily. British-born Cecil Rhodes, 1853-1902, founder of the De Beers Diamonds, was an especially enthusiastic investor in a railroad project that was to stretch from Cape Town in the Cape Colony of South Africa to Cairo, Egypt. Connecting all of the British-held colonies with a transportation network could make governance easier and aid in mobilizing for war if necessary. The project was never completed because Britain never gained control over all the land on which it was to be built. The overwhelming majority of railroad workers in Africa were natives who were paid far lower wages than their European counterparts. 
Thus, the railroad technology was a means of extracting as many resources as possible from subject lands while paying colonial laborers as little as possible. Steamships because they required huge quantities of coal as fuel, early steamships could travel only limited distances. However, steamboats could transport people, mail and goods on navigable rivers such as the Ganges in Southeast Asia and the Congo in Africa. After the development of more efficient steam engines in the 1870s, steamships became practical for long distances. In the 1870s, the development of compression refrigeration equipment made it possible to ship perishables such as meat and dairy products across oceans. The Telegraph Invented in 1832, the electric telegraph transformed communications. Instead of taking days, weeks or even months, news could travel instantaneously. Telegraph service was introduced into India in 1850, just five years after it started in Britain. Telegraph lines often followed railroad routes. Submarine and underwater telegraphs cables soon stretched across oceans. In 1866, the first permanent transatlantic cable was laid between the United States and England. Telegraph services between England and Australia was introduced in 1872. And in 1874, service between Portugal and Brazil allowed instant communication between Europe and South America. Agricultural Products When Europeans arrived in Asia and Africa, they found mainly agricultural economies. With most people raising enough food to live on, subsistence farming, with perhaps a little left over to sell. Subsistence farming is still common throughout Sub-Saharan Africa, Southeast Asia and parts of Latin America. Under control of imperialist powers, subsistence farmers abandoned their traditional ways and grew cash crops instead. These were crops such as tea, cotton, sugar, oil palms, rubber and coffee that were grown for their commercial value rather than for use by those who grew them. Imperial demands for cash crops had a damaging effect on the subjects, nation's subjects. As cash crops replaced food crops, food prices rose. The growing European middle classes created a demand for meat. Cattle ranches in Argentina, Brazil and Uruguay produced beef for export. Sheep herders in Australia and New Zealand exported lamb and mutton. New technology allowed meat to be shipped over long distances. Meat could be processed and canned in packaging plants or shipped fresh or frozen in refrigerated steamships. Guano, bat and seabird excrement, is rich in nitrates and phosphates. These make it an excellent natural fertilizer. Because of the dry climate in Peru and Chile, vast quantities of guano have accumulated before people began mining it in the 17th century. Between 1840 and 1880s, millions of tons of guano were dug up by hand and loaded onto ships for export, often by indentured Chinese or Polynesian laborers. Raw Materials 
The demand for raw materials that could be processed into manufactured goods and shipped away, often back to the providers of the raw materials, turned colonies into export economies. Imperial attention focused on the tropical climates that were conducive to the presence of raw materials, like some imperial countries. Cotton. Britain's parliament banned Indian cotton textiles in 1721 because they competed with the native wool industry. Soon after, cotton from Britain's southern colonies in America shifted production. The colonies would provide the raw materials and England would manufacture the textiles. During the Industrial Revolution, Britain's great textile mills got 80% of their cotton from the United States. When the American Civil War erupted, northern warships blockaded federal ports, cutting off the supply of cotton. As a result, farmers all over the world, from Australia to the West Indies, replaced food production with cotton to make up for the shortage. Cotton farmers in India were able to benefit from these shortages caused by the Civil War, but Egypt benefited the most. Egypt already had developed a fine, long staple variety of cotton and ramped up production. By the end of the 19th century, 93% of Egypt's export revenue came from cotton. Raw cotton production from Egypt and India supported the manufacturing of textiles that Britain exported all over the world. Rubber. Natural rubber is made from the latex sap of trees or vines. It softens when warm and hardens when cold. In 1839, Charles Goodyear developed a process known as vulcanization that eliminated these problems and helped create the modern rubber industry. Rubber was used to produce tires for bicycles and eventually automobiles, hoses, gaskets, waterproof clothing, and Sioux shoals, among other items. Rubber trees are native to the Amazon rainforest of South America, where they grew wild but widely dispersed. Latex could also be extracted from vines native to Central Africa, though they were destroyed in the process. Each source provided about half of the world's rubber supply, but they soon were inadequate to meet the demands as rubber became an important industrial material. In both sources, rubber barons forced indigenous people into virtual slavery. In some cases, companies mutilated or killed workers who failed to meet their quotas. In 1876, British India Office obtained rubber tree seeds from Brazil. After being propagated in England, the seedlings were sent to Sri Lanka and Singapore. Before long, thousands of acres of forest were cleared to make room for rubber plantations in Malay, Indochina and the Dutch East Indies and elsewhere in Southeast Asia. Palm Oil the machinery in Europe's factories required constant lubrication to keep it working, creating a demand for palm oil, which was also used for candle making. The palm oil originated in West Africa, where it was used as a staple food product for 5,000 years. 
Palm oil was so valued that it was used in place of money in many African cultures. Palm oil became an important cash crop in West Africa, where prisoners of tribal war were often enslaved to help with the palm oil crops. European colonists established oil palm plantations in Malay and the Dutch East Indies. Ivory The tusks of elephants provide the product ivory. Most of the ivory trade was with Africa, since both the male and female elephants have large tusks which average six feet in length. Ivory was prized for its beauty and durability. It was used primarily for piano keys, billiard balls, knife handles and ornamental carvings. In the mid-19th century, the European scramble for ivory preceded the scramble for colonies. The Ivory Coast, or Côte d'Ivoire, got its name from the fact that the French originally set up trading posts there for acquisition of ivory and slaves. Minerals Some of the most valuable products were mineral ores used in manufacturing. They came from all around the world. Mexico produced silver. Chile produced copper, which was used for telegraph cables and electric power lines. Northern Rhodesia, which is now Zambia, and the Belgian Congo produced copper. Bolivia, Nigeria, Malay, and the Dutch East Indies produced tin, which helped meet the growing demand for food products and tin cans. Australia and South Africa, as well as parts of West Africa and Alaska, produced large deposits of gold. Diamonds Because of his frail health, Cecil Rhodes was sent to South Africa in 1870 to join a brother on a cotton farm. In 1871, the brothers joined the diamond rush and went to Kimberley, the center of mining activity. After completing a degree at Oxford University, Rhodes acquired some of the De Beers mining claims and formed the De Beers Mining Company in 1880. By 1891, De Beers accounted for 90% of the world's diamond production. Rhodes had also had a large stake in the world's largest gold fields, which were discovered in 1886 on South Africa's Witwatersrand. By age 29, when Rhodes was elected to the Cape Parliament, he was the most powerful man in South Africa. He sought to expand to the north, into Botswana and what became known as Zimbabwe and Zambia. With the dream that building a railroad from Cape Town to Cairo and claiming all the land along the route for the British Empire. In 1890, Rhodes became the Prime Minister of the Cape Colony, where his racist policies paved the way for apartheid or racial segregation that plagued South Africa during the 20th century. Global Consequences Industrialization was accompanied by the need to find raw materials that could be turned into finished products to be sold globally often bought with the profits from raw materials. As urban populations grew, the demand for food was increasingly met by imports made possible by new technologies such as refrigeration. As the industrialized nations grew wealthier, stock exchanges developed, allowing more people to invest their capital and the need to protect global markets 
and investments grew rapidly. Consequences of commercial extraction Farmers were allowed to raise only cash crops such as sugar, cacao or groundnuts at the expense of other agricultural products. This use of land led to monocultures or a lack of agricultural diversity, particularly in developing nations. Large areas were often cleared of forests to make room for farming, which took its toll on both biodiversity and climate. <coughs> Cash crops such as cotton rapidly depleted the soil's natural fertility. Moreover, crop diseases and pests spread more easily when there was only one crop planted in the area. Today, many former colonies have been unable to re-diversify their land use because of the development of monocultures and has badly damaged croplands. As a result, they often must import basic agricultural goods in order to feed their people. The end.